Welcome to the Pantheon Plus Rewind. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, everyone, and welcome to episode 67 of the Pantheon Plus Rewind. This is a weekly podcast dedicated to Pantheon, Rise of the Fallen, and the incredible community surrounding it. This week, we'll be discussing the recent co-carnage stream. Uh, we're going to dive into the official forums, uh, check our Discord mailbox as usual, and finish up with some more tales of Bell Iris. So, brace yourselves, and join me, Desrin, and my illustrious co-host, Theric, because this week is going to be a good one. Thanks everyone for joining again, and please enjoy this week's Rewind. All right, Theric, what a week, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been so crazy busy for me, at least by my standards, you know. <laughs> um, now, I didn't sacrificially cut my hair, uh, <laughs> but uh, I did manage to sacrifice something. Uh, of, I have some old electronics. Um, specifically, uh, I have a dead GTX 1080 that's Ooh. just been sitting in a box um, since early last year uh, when I replaced it. So... I've just been kind of like waiting to take it in because, you know, you got to recycle this old stuff. Like these yeah, things are, sure. you don't Absolutely. want it to end up in a landfill. Right. And sure enough, <laughs> when I tried to drop it off, uh, the guy taking it in um, kind of offered to buy it from me. Um, <laughs> the video you know, card so market right now, right? They'll buy anything. They're like, oh, what's this? A video card? Yes. Exactly. And it's like, yeah. So I had to be really honest with him, though. Uh <laughs> tell him like hey man like this card literally caught on fire (laughs) you probably still want it he's probably like all right well all right (laughs) maybe 10 bucks less than he's like (laughs) yeah seriously uh but i mean i i this happened last year but i was on a video call with with a friend because we were kind of troubleshooting some stuff together and uh i was on the video card and i just started i was like whoa and i like you know naturally point the camera at my case and there's literally flames coming out of this graphics card oh like God. i still <laughs> i still have a scar on my uh my motherboard actually it's like like oh, singed spot crap. um hey it's, it still runs too man <laughs> but, <laughs> that's uh, crazy you keep a fire extinguisher by your computer <laughs> Probably no, that's the, that's the first time I've ever had uh, my own electronics uh, catch any kind of, you know, danger, dangerous <laughs> issue. Um, but it was definitely an exciting time. But, wow. Uh, that's but, crazy. But yeah, so, you know, he ended up not wanting the card after that story. Um, oh, you <laughs> but, did the right uh, thing. You were the honest guy. <laughs> you did the right thing and you told him. And uh, he, I'm sure that he appreciates it. And, uh, you know, it's funny, a box of uh, electronics for recycling. I have the same thing. I have a box that's been sitting in my trunk for like six months. And I drive oh. by this stupid place every day. And it's all like random junk. Actually, I do have a, an old video card in there, too. Um, uh, yeah. And it's just been sitting there. And I keep meaning to stop and take it in. And I just can't get around to it. So, yeah. <laughs> Well, it's not going anywhere, and it's you know probably not going to deteriorate. So it's it's all exactly. good. You'll exactly. you'll get it someday, right? Right, right, exactly. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, so you know, that's my exciting thing, uh, recycling trip. Um, you know, any, anything going on with you? Um, yeah, no, not really. I mean, it's been a busy week at work for me. Uh, it's just felt like one of those weeks where I just there's not enough hours in the day to get everything done that I need to. Um, Man, yeah, so just tired, you know, and and I'm in that place again where I'm looking at my games on my desktop, all the the shortcuts, and I'm like, I don't want to play that. I don't want to play that. I don't want to play that. You know, I wish we had a good MMO to call home. I'm feeling the burn. I'm feeling the burn. That's all I'll say. I'm feeling a need for a home. I've got all these MMOs that I like, but none of them are home, so... Uh, yep. Anyway, maybe maybe and, talking and, about Pantheon will will scratch the itch a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say we're we're about to scratch that itch so much this episode because it, it's been such a great week. But you know, before we get to that, uh, mm-hmm. as always, we do have to thank our adventuring party from uh, this last week, all of whom donated uh, uh, during the premiere, which uh, we do on Sunday mornings. Uh, that's nine Pacific or or noon Eastern. Uh, or anywhere in between, of course. But uh, so we've got a great party this time. We've got Jason on the Scar Beard Lord. We've got Daimlos on the Dark Mirror Enchanter. Graceland on the Gnome Summoner. Ziplocks on the Dark Mirror Rogue. Sparrow on the Elf Ranger. Bounty Code on the Human Wizard. Redbeard Flynn on the Dark Mirror Summoner. And Brian Wreck on the Gnome Summoner. So 
one last thing. We did get to give away a pledge uh, last week, which yeah. is always so fun. Super so fun. again, congratulations to the winner of that pledge, Zarko. Mm-hmm. Uh, glad to get that to you, buddy. But yeah, um, Zarko. Zarko's a longtime listener. He always is there for the premieres. I I, uh, I, I talked to him a bit after the show, and, and we kind of went back and forth and just sort of chit-chatted for a little while. Um, super funny guy, you know, just very <laughs> dry wit, very clever guy, and I love his. He's got good one-liners, so that's what that's what I think of when I think of mm. Zarko. But oh um, yeah, happy. I'm so happy he won, and I think that. Uh, I think that he's well-deserving of it. So uh, congrats, man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, let's uh, let's start digging in. Um, let's do some VR news and notes. Off we go. This week in Visionary Realms, news and notes. All right, it's always a good week when we get a co-stream. Everybody loves oh, the co-carnage yeah. streams, right? And that's what we got this week. Um, so in case you missed it, or if you just want to relive it with us, because that's what we're going to do, because we saw it, uh, we're going to break down some of the things that uh, were shown off, because it was a very exciting stream, lots of good stuff. So just to give you an overview of it, um, so this was a full party with Ko um, playing the Rogue. Now he's played the Rogue in the past, and I think he's played Monk and Warrior before too, so he was on the Rogue again this time. They had Sacred on the Dire Lord, uh, Mikhail on the Monk, Joppa played the Shaman, uh, Tehom played the Enchanter, and Kilson was on the Wizard, and they were all level 18. And it took place in Halner Cave. And the way Java described it was this was depths that nobody has publicly seen before. So we got a we, oh yeah, we got a whole new area that hadn't been shown off before. And man, it was like it was awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, so I'm going to be honest with you, Des. I paid attention mostly. My attention was focused throughout this. And I've sort of grouped these into categories. And we'll talk about this part first. But my attention was focused on the Enchanter, um, the abilities throughout the stream. And like I said, Tehom uh, Adam Mostel, their associate game designer, was playing the Enchanter. He did an excellent job playing this, this Enchanter. Oh, my gosh. There was I was so impressed, actually. Mm-hmm. I, I do have to be mindful of what I say here. But I had my reasons for watching the Enchanter. <laughs> and I'll just leave it at that. Um, so, uh, the first thing I noticed and was so excited to see was there was a light source on his shoulder, a floating light source. And I don't know if anybody else caught that right at the beginning of the stream, but I certainly saw it. Um, and Adam called it out later midway through the stream. And when he, um, when he did, he, it was, we know, or when he casted it, you noticed it was called Ulthirian Light. And what was really cool about this thing is that it Although it was on his shoulder, like he was the light source, so to speak, for the first part of the stream, later on, he actually cast it on Ko. So the yeah. Enchanter has a spell that can create a lot, like a little wisp on any player's uh, shoulder to <laughs> act so they can act as a light source during the stream. Um, it's pretty cool, right? <laughs> <laughs> you said wisps, and I almost got a little triggered, if anything. Yeah, right. <laughs> I forgot about your wisp. My EQOA story, but but yeah, I I thought that was awesome. Huge, probably quality of life thing that I'm sure a lot of people were asking for. So I I I saw that. I'm like, oh, yep, I I know. And they also mentioned lanterns too, uh, belt lanterns and stuff. Yeah, I want to talk about that because okay, here's here's the thing about that, and I have some confusion. Maybe you can clarify. Um, there. So Joppa said that there is going to be a light source slot for people, and he, he sort of used the idea of a belt slot that can house like a lantern. Um, but I kind of wonder like, why why do that if you're implementing this enchanter ability? This is like, I, it sort of took away a little bit of the excitement to be honest um, from the enchanter spell that we saw because now I'm like, why would you nullify that if you're gonna give everyone the ability to have a light source equipped in their belt? Um, what do you think? Did you? I mean, am I crazy? That does that make sense to you, or am I? No, I think that's a valid mind? concern, right? Because uh, we don't want to have a situation that's just so common in MMOs today, which is where kind of everyone can do everything, right? There, yeah. there has to be someone that's special at it, or it's not special. Um, yeah. However, what I would say is, a, I'm sure that the belt lantern isn't. Well, I shouldn't say I'm sure, but. <laughs> yeah, but, I, I'm thinking that, that yes. they're going to have uh, they're going to have some sort of um, uh, not penalty, but there's going to be a trade off for for having uh, you know a lantern on your belt. I would assume um, just be just like there's a trade off for the enchanter ability because if you think about it, 
that has to be on his utility slot, right? Yeah, that's so a good point. Having that light is in it's got its own cost. So I doubt they would implement a belt lantern that has no cost. Right. Um, that's a good but point. But I do think it's a good a good thing that they are doing the belt lantern if there is a cost, just because I think there are going to be a lot of situations where that will be needed, where you won't have an enchanter or something like that. Um, but again, all up to balance, uh, like mm-hmm. everything, right? Yeah, and this came from a lot of the past streams. You know, the feedback from the past streams um, that they've done, um, There's people love the darkness of it or they hate it, you know? There's, it <laughs> yeah. seems like there's no middle ground. People are like, yes, the darkness, and it's part of the environment. And I'm kind of one of those people too. Um, but some people really didn't like it. They felt it needed to be brightened up a little bit. Uh, so, but you're right. I mean, if you have an enchanter, maybe you're in a situation where you can't afford to put that on your spell bar because you've got other needs, something you need to have an interrupt. You need to have as many interrupts as you can, for example. Uh, maybe that's where the belt sort of thing comes in. The lantern thing comes into play. Mm-hmm. But this, 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 um, this is the first time we've seen this, this spell in effect. And, um, it did a great job. The light that it provided was definitely, um, made a difference. I felt. So. Yeah, it it was like you know the the temperature of the light was very distinct too, yes. uh, almost unnatural. Um, and yeah. I, I really like the graphic of it. Uh, I mean, I don't want to get too derailed, but there's an obvious difference now between old um, particle effects and new ones. Yeah, because the new ones just look so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the wisp had its own. Uh, I believe it's called an uh, an umbra, okay. right? Uh, or a corona? I get. Yeah. Uh, that was kind of prismatic and I I just really simple, but I I just, I loved it. I was like, this is really, really neat. Um, So cool, cool stuff on that front too. Okay. Yeah. And the next one is just as exciting, if not more. And this was spell turn. This is an enchanter ability. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It generated a lot of conversation um, because what it is, it's an enchanter spell that steals a spell from an NPC. So you see the NPC casting, you hit the spell turn ability and it takes that and then the enchanter can hold that spell for 15 seconds and cast it again, cast it back. And I'm not giving away any secrets here. This was all talked about and shown on stream. Oh, we're good. So Yeah, we're good, we're good. No NDA issues. Um, and what Joppa said is that, uh, Joppa or Adam, I can't remember, but they said um, it can be improved through the mastery system, which is cool. Um, we saw Adam do it a bunch of times and it has oh, yeah. one of the best animations. Um, you remember that uh, black hole spell from Hyoket from uh, mm-hmm. Fortress Devier? That's one yeah. that they got that they stole, which was crazy. Um, there was a spell called um, an NPC ability called Unmortal Surge, which we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah. Um, stole <laughs> that one. Like you think about the possibilities of this. It, it, it's crazy. Um, it really, I find it super intriguing. Makes me want to play an enchanter just for this ability. So um same lot you can do with this a lot you can do i think it's one of those ones they too they have to be careful with this too if i'm being honest um i think it's one that could easily be abused manipulated probably broken they in mentioned some way. that did they, they, what they did actually they mentioned that so uh th- uh this i hope i'm not getting too far ahead but they are talking about the cripplings and right. how uh some players had uh charged up <laughs> the cripplings <laughs> yeah. and then stole the spell from the crippling that's right. Uh, You're totally right. Which I mean, it's a lot of hassle for probably not a lot of return. Um, but, uh, apparently that's a thing, uh, at least as far as I understood the explanation, but oh my gosh, this ability just, I'm like, why haven't I seen this in a game before? Mm -hmm. Like, or at least in an MMO before, um, it it excites me so much and, and yeah, I'm sure there's going to be some tuning or some weird things, but that's kind of what makes it exciting. Right. You have to wonder like, how can I use this? And like the spells that he stole were the cool spells. Like, (laughs) yeah, right. You know, like it wasn't like, Oh, you can only steal the, the boring, you know, stuff. Like he, he stole the like giant (laughs) (laughs) thing that, well, yeah, we'll talk about that. But anyway, yeah, I love this spell. It, It, it might be my favorite uh, class ability uh, that they've introduced lately. But yeah, but yeah definitely, anyway. definitely, definitely. A um, couple quick notes on some other Enchanter stuff. We saw Adam uh, hold multiple mezes, two to three mobs at a time. Um, if you noticed Enthrall, uh, that's the mez spell, had a really quick cast time, a one second yeah. cast time. Very fast. I, I kind of like that. I kind of like that. That's a 
thing that you can do and it's that um you have that sort of ability to manip manipulate it so easily um another spell called mana guzzle now i don't know exactly what this one did but it was pretty cool it had a 10 second cast time so whenever something has a 10 second cast time you know it does something powerful um I, i'm not I think sure it what was it was a channel I, I think the 10 seconds is actually a channel kind of like the monk's uh burning oh, fist or at least right. that's what it, it struck me as and at least by the name i was like i think he's stealing mana mm -hmm. and and the the effect which was awesome by the way i mean yeah. like even people in chat were like okay that's the coolest effect like so far yeah. that's cool i feel like um, the enchanter yeah. kind of stole the show a little bit here you know with this stuff <laughs> i feel like there was so much attention going on and i'm glad that adam being like the newest member of the team got to play it and, and like joppa said that he's responsible for a lot of this stuff he implemented mm -hmm the spell turn mechanic. I think at some point in the stream, he talked about that and just the things he's done is like, he gets to showcase it himself, which is super cool. Um, anything else with regard to the class abilities that you caught does that you wanted to uh, mention or anything else caught your eye? Um, you know, I was trying to watch, uh, Coco through the rogue abilities cause it seemed like there were some new things in there and, and he definitely tried to use a lot of them, which was awesome. But I, I, I'd really have to go through it again, honestly. I, I think you're right. The Enchanter stole the show. <laughs> and yeah. I think it's because the Enchanter was played really well, and it really stood out. Like, I think even people that aren't used to an MMO with a bunch of CC probably saw what the Enchanter was doing and went like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that's, totally, totally. That's, uh, that's, the, that's an important person to have in your group right there. So um, nothing yeah. specific uh, except for things that we might get into later with the crypt uh crypt fiends mm -hmm. that i kind of mentioned um so so we'll, we'll get there but the, those are npc abilities there are, there are a lot of very right. cool npc abilities that we can probably talk about so yeah but yeah I, it was yeah i think you're right there was a lot of new rogue abilities i think that we need to go back and check out because i don't think we've seen them before it was a good you know it was a good ex explanation of, of rogue gameplay i think i liked how they used stealth um as a key for building opportunity like they they really talked about that a lot um they translated that into the uh, you know ability usage it was a good demonstration i'm glad that they had co-pulling as well um, because i, I like the <laughs> tactics yeah. that he employed i think that that was part of something that they needed to show off um you know so i think that's i think that's important here's i'm going to complain a little bit i'm going to rant a little bit here i have a critique mm. of these co-streams it, <laughs> it drives me crazy they need to let him in like an hour before the stream starts they need to let oh. him in to read his skills to look at what he has and it like i know people some people get frustrated watching him play and he it's not his fault like he, if i was dumped into that scenario with a you know book of 30 abilities and i had to figure it out on the fly you know in, <laughs> in front of fifteen thousand people on a stream with the developers i'd, I'd freak out you know like I, my panic would go through the roof i think yeah. this and the pantheon is the type of game that is not a game you can just jump in and play. You can't just jump in and play yeah. without prep time. Especially at level 18. <laughs> 100%. It's crazy that they expect them to be able to do this. And maybe they have some, maybe there's something going on behind the scenes I'm not aware of, but it's an inherent weakness in these streams with Ko when they do this because it's a complicated game. It's not a button masher game. If this was like Guild Wars 2, if this was, you know, a game that was, you know, more straightforward, it would be fine. But they need to let him get in there and, um, you know, Ko even said it. He said it plays differently than most MMOs these days. And I, I like I said, I feel bad for him to go on the fly like this. Um, he's got a, there was a lot of times where he was just reorganizing his, his ability bar and putting new passives up, putting new yeah. things on. And, and sometimes he, would, he didn't even have the full bar filled up. There was two slots missing. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I'm no pro gamer, but man, oh man, like fill your bar up, dude. You know, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, th I think you're absolutely right, man. Uh, I, I think a lot of people have that uh, are, are, are really noticing that now because it, it's starting to detract from how well the game shows. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I will say that the stream was awesome. And I, I think in, in spite of that particular thing, the stream was amazing. But if, yeah, if they really wanted to shore that up and and really paint it in the most positive light, maybe getting him a little acclimated, uh, uh, a little acclimated ahead of time, <laughs> nicely done, uh, <laughs> uh, would really help. Um, especially if he was able to like explain some of the things to his viewers, because because they're his people um, for the most part, you know, and and mm -hmm. having him be like, yeah, so here's a cool thing I can do when I you know use this ability than this ability, and you know 
That yeah. would actually be a really fond uh, experience for new people. So I, I hope they do take that feedback. I don't know. It might be a scheduling issue, yeah. you know, yeah. kind of a thing. Just absolutely just literally doesn't have time. But yeah, uh, yeah I, I, I absolutely agree. Yeah. Um, and so it was nice to see them, you know, from a new starting in a new place. I feel like this, the progress was a little slow at the beginning. And, and again, that's partially due to the issue I just mentioned. Um, but um, I think that uh, they didn't they didn't have the difficulty turned down this time. You know, yeah. last time when we saw Devair, they they, they described it as being on journalist difficulty with Go. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a little bit easier than, than uh, what it was going to be. But they didn't do that this time, as far as I could tell. looks like the difficulty was at sort of normal level. And you could see it. They had they were struggling. Um, so I think that the, that's just another factor as to why you need to have some prep time ahead of time. So um, just a couple just a couple critical critiques of the of the stream i think let's let's yeah. move on and talk about intelligent npcs and the abilities because we saw a lot of this oh man i saw some smart some smart mobs um first of all i mentioned earlier that ability on mortal sacrifice when that first went off i don't know what your reaction was i was like <laughs> oh my god what's going on what is this i the heard the sound effect form. yeah yeah the, the, the that effect. like i knew something was coming just from that sound effect like, I don't know, the hair's on the back of my neck kind of a thing. And then, you know, big boom. And I was like, oh, yeah, that was telegraphed. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. What It was new. I'd never seen that before. It was something completely new. I had to throw in the little lore that uh, Adam mentioned. He said wraiths wear their soul on the outside. So that's what that yeah. is. And he also noted, like, from a tactical standpoint, you, they couldn't outrange it. There's no way to get away from it. All you can do with that is mitigate it with distance uh, uh with distance or line of sight you'll yep. always take some damage from it i guess is what i take away from that the, the the important thing too is that it was interruptible and you saw that throughout the stream sacred would or stealable stealable too yes absolutely the enchanter stole it several times um and you would hear them calling out the interrupts right sacred say i got yeah. this one okay somebody has to get the next one i love that aspect of it um yep. <clears throat> there was actually several like different versions of this thing too at first it was unmortal sacrifice one of the named men uh, named mobs later had a unmortal barrage so like a higher level of it was what i would assume um another ability that we saw the wraiths use a lot was called wrath of wraiths and joppa described this as being it's a damage spell that it had a chance to silence you so obviously they're they're showcasing the intelligent npcs who are targeting casters this was a yeah. this was something and i didn't see it did you notice it did it always go on casters or did they did it hit melee uh like wrote the co or, well, or uh, it, it's hard to tell but it didn't seem like it ever hit co okay from what from what i could tell and one thing i did like just to toss in here was mm -hmm. that is definitely an ability tied to the type of creature wraiths mm -hmm. whereas a lot of the other abilities like the uh unmortal um uh the big boom <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was mostly sacrifice. on the uh mana weavers and like specific caster mobs so oh, we're right. starting to see that kind of hierarchy of okay so here's things that like kind of all wraiths have here's yes. some abilities that only specific race have uh, which is kind of cool mm -hmm. yeah absolutely um, we know we saw some uh npcs that could break mez and we saw some that were immune mm -hmm. to mezzing uh, that was a little later in the stream. Some of the more uh, higher level mobs had that ability, which is awesome to see. Um, you know, one of the things I talked about interrupts, um, the boss battle at the end, oh. those interrupts, the Thief of Eternity, right? Cool, cool mob to begin with. Um, <laughs> pretty cool. Yeah, pretty, pretty cool. cool. Uh, but having to interrupt his abilities um, looked like it was key to that fight in those mechanics. And in terms of what they were trying to do to prevent the the ads that came along getting back to him to refill him to, to regenerate him um, i think those were some really important mechanics that we saw there so let's talk about the cripplings you mentioned it a couple times yes <laughs> we'd never seen these before new models new new mob um so i'll let you go first what did you what did you like about them what did you notice about the cripplings uh definitely the color coding no <laughs> uh no <laughs> like that, I mean, that was part of it because uh, that was a really obvious like telegraph, right? Like you could tell like something was interesting and I don't know if they'll keep it exactly like that. I'd but uh, I think my favorite thing was that 
they let Kilson wipe everyone <laughs> first. Yeah. That wasn't that funny. He's like he's he's like yeah no I uh, I forgot or I didn't realize. <laughs> he's like I was just assisting the tank. That was his that was his excuse. <laughs> I was just assisting the tank. Uh, it was it was a great example, and I think Co even mentioned like oh yeah this is just how you, this is how it would happen. You just you'd figure it out right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love the little mechanic of it. Like they, they basically get supercharged, mm-hmm. you know, depending on what uh, type of attacks you're using. And, and it's funny, there's a moment where, uh, they're talking about like, oh yeah, you know, this, they, you know, if you throw a bunch of fire at these guys, then they get, you know, really charged and they can get really dangerous and, and co, um, I don't know. It, it, it almost seemed like he was kind of half listening, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, that was then they mentioned, you know, oh, and then there's, you know, multiple. He's like, oh, yeah. And that one over there, that's a poison one. And like, you know, he, he does. It, like, there's a few seconds before he realizes, oh, oh, poisons. Yeah, <laughs> and then no. he goes in uh, and then he goes, turns them off. It's great. Great. Yeah. Moment. No, I, I totally noticed that, too. So the trait was called superheated and they're empowered by incoming fire damage. So, hey, so Drac, I know you listen to the show. I know you're our resident <laughs> wizard. I know you're Mr. Fireball, PhD Dr. Damage. If you use fireballs in these guys, you are not allowed under grip. You you got to use that ice spell. I know you're you're a fire guy, but hey man, this is why the ice spells are there. Um, you know, we heard feedback actually <laughs> <laughs> when we did the Dev Air stream about how I was playing the wizard and I was using ice spells. They're like, "Why wouldn't you just use fire? It's better. It does more damage." Well, sometimes you need other damage types, right? Sometimes you yeah. want to mix it up and you want to try different things because there are things like this going on at the time or in the background sometimes. Now, there wasn't at the time of Devier, but I stand by my point that maybe <laughs> maybe that maybe there was. Who knows? Maybe I didn't know at the time. Anyway, um, it, I think it's a cool, uh, a cool trait, a cool uh, yeah. mechanic that they're employing with these traits. Um, <clears throat> so, and we saw a couple other mobs with different traits. We saw... Um, one of the bosses had sturdy and uh, fading presence, which did interesting things. I don't remember exactly how they functioned, but um, mm-hmm. they definitely had an effect. And you know, this is this is the this is what's um, the evolution of the MMO, and that's what Joppa reaffirmed a few times: yeah. how these traits and dispositions are going to keep the content fresh, keep people, you know, in this playing when they've done something before. This is this is the next evolution. So that was good. Yeah, good demonstration of that. Yeah, and good like kind of clarification, which I could probably say throughout the stream, both from Co and from the developers, is they're really good about picking out certain moments as like learning opportunities or teaching opportunities, I should say, mm-hmm. um, to kind of like explain like this is why you know such and such, and you know this is what you could expect because this is our thought process or whatever. They actually did a great job with that this stream. Um, I was yeah. really very, very happy about that. I did also want to point out one last thing that I just remembered about the Crypt Fiends. Mm-hmm. Um, they were deep, you know, they're deep in Devire, fighting 17s, 16s, 17s, right? Mm-hmm. And then they fall down this hole and they're with like 13s and 15, 13 to 15s. That is true. That is true. So I, I just wanted strange. to point that out because it was, uh, it's just something that you're not expecting, I guess. And I think it's a bit of a trap and Tehom might be the culprit here because you go down there and the first mob he targets, I believe, was Grey. Greycon. Hmm. And what's your first thought? Oh, this is trash. We're just going to clear this. <laughs> We're just yeah. going to clear this whole tunnel out. And sure enough, they, they wipe because mechanically they didn't understand it. And I, I wanted to make that a big takeaway uh, or at least that was a big takeaway for me from this was like, hey, nothing is as it seems in Pantheon as f- like levels are v- only a part of the story. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. So. Level isn't the be all end all. Right. That's the that's what it says to me, too, is like, you know, it's not it's the, there's more to it than just the numbers. Right. It's not just a numbers game. Oh, yeah. Although numbers are a big part of it, which I think is your, your <laughs> next point here. <laughs> a little bit, yes. Um, so uh, just a couple of quick things, quick little, I call shinies throughout the stream because we all like the shinies, right? Um, nice model on that uh, short blade of solid smoke that Co looted at the end there. Pretty cool looking yeah. uh, dagger that he loaded. Now, the fireball animation from the wizard. 
this is this is different <laughs> than we saw from last fireballing. Time. It was it, well, it's not even fireballing anymore. Now it's like meteoring. It's it's this gigantic <laughs> slow moving meteor of a thing. What do you like that? I'll just ask I I actually do. Yeah, do you really? <laughs> especially with it. the sound effects. I. Dude, it, I think they could clean up the like the the sphere a bit, but the the concept and sound effects of it, I, I'm super down with. Huh. All right, man. All right. Well, maybe over time I will learn to love it. Why, why do you hate it? I have to know. Actually, I, it just I doesn't. I feel like a fireball should be a fast moving bolt. I, I just I don't know. It seems like it seems off. It seems it has like, weight behind it. <laughs> But it's so slow. If it was faster, maybe. It's so slow. Nah, I don't know. <laughs> well, whatever. It's uh, nitpicking, no, nitpicking. <laughs> um, that invisible floor trap that they fell down was pretty sweet. And oh, then man. How excited Twice. was Joppa when they went through that invisible wall, right? How excited Dude, was he? That was crazy because, I, I mean, I, I actually had to re-watch, I rewatch this one part because I was so curious. It, it was totally an accident. I don't think this was staged at all. But he heads straight into that wall. Like, it's like he had a sixth sense for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, at first I thought, like, how in the world is someone going to know that wall is there? And I thought back, remember he was uh, polling and he said, oh, there's two mobs here. And they got three. Where did oh, yeah. that third come yeah, from? Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's a hint. It's actually a hint. The third <laughs> probably came from behind the wall. And and I totally missed that during the live stream. I was just like, how would you know that? And then sure enough, no, it's not like they just, you know, make it so you're just going to have to blindly face check every wall. You just have to be extremely perceptive about your surroundings. Say, you are the you are the perception king. That is crazy. You're Wow, but your perception is very well uh, leveled, I would say, because <laughs> I didn't notice that at all. But you're right, man. If you if you get a mob that you didn't know where it came from, you should probably check the walls. Yeah, very cool. But then you know what? He didn't go down that pit. Why did he not climb down that pit after he went through the secret <laughs> wall? There's a pit there. I'm like, climb down that, dude. What are you doing? His you know? chat was upset too. <laughs> I had chat turned Everyone off, so I didn't to. see that. But yeah, I believe it. Yep. Yeah. Everyone wanted to climb down there. Uh, if you know, there was another point where I a bunch of the devs were suspiciously all climbing a wall and yeah. co missed yeah. it. <laughs> I, I think there was something up there. I, I just, <laughs> you know, uh, you can't, you can't follow along with everything while you're hosting a 15,000 person stream. Um, but man, that those, those two instances definitely hurt me a little bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So just some development notes, just in terms of where they're at with uh, developing the game. A uh, couple quick things. They said they're doing quite a bit of work on the audio across the game. This is from Joppa. Yep. We heard some new music and ambient sound right near the end, near the, uh, the uh, final battle, which was great. Mm -hmm. The ranged combat is in the process right now and it's being, it's in preparation for the Ranger class coming online. Yay. Joppa. <laughs> Get, make it happen, man. Make it happen. Um, and then lastly, we saw lots of climbing examples. One of the questions that comes up about climbing all the time is combat related, right? What do we do? How do mm -hmm. we deal with this this new dimension of combat? Because are we just going to be able to, you know, free shots on the mobs? It's going to be exploited. Well, Joppa answered, basically said, he said, with the climbing being a system, almost everything will have a way to deal with you. I think that's really important because that's just takes people to the point where they understand VR is not ignorant about possible combat exploits when it comes to climbing. So just reassuring yeah. people. I think, yeah, it was, it was a very natural question. I, I, mm -hmm. A lot of these inquisitive things that were coming up were very natural. I, I thought it was awesome. And I love when uh, what Joppa kind of mentions about climbing a few times, and maybe he was indicating that Ko was missing something, but yeah. <laughs> uh, he was just saying, hey, again, like a reminder, like you can climb everything and he even noted, like, it really takes a lot of retraining of your mind. And I love that throughout the stream, Ko starts thinking about climbing more. And, and this yeah. is a great example. He's like, wait, uh, I think in, a, in another case, he's like, wait, if I was up on top, could he pull me down? You know, he's starting to think outside the box a little bit. And it's really cool. Really cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and then just uh, some final points here um, that I sort of overall themes. There was lots of talk during the stream about st sticking to the vision, sticking to the tenets. Co did an interesting thing where he kind of like, I think he felt like he was starting to like keep his chat, like keep his viewers sort of 
from an argument breaking out about, you know, I like this, I don't like that. And he sort of yeah. said, you know, like they're building a game that their vision dictates. They're not building a game based on community feedback. They're not doing it. It's not a popularity contest. It's not designed by democracy, right? Um, they're doing their vision. I, you just can't hear that enough times because this is what we get when they do that. So I liked that. Yeah. It's a um, great speech. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was good. It was a good, good to hear. Um, Joppa kept asking about, you know, making sure that they have, they're geared up, you know, and again, impact mm-hmm. of statistics, impact of the smallest, you know, plus one, plus two to a certain stat and how that affects them. Joppa realizes they need that gear to progress to where they want to go. So I like that too. Yeah. I mean, when he got that dagger, you, his deeps went up. <laughs> he saw yeah. a very noticeable difference too. Um, yeah. It, it matters. It does matter. That's right. Um, sometimes, you know, sometimes I have, this is maybe just me, but you hear about Halner Cave being so big and it's so, you know, we've only seen 50% of it. We've only seen 30% of this. And sometimes I kind of feel (laughs) like, is it too big? You know, like, do you have too much space for people? And just ironically, I was talking to somebody the other day and there was like a major league baseball, I guess did like a field of dreams, like a real field of dreams game where they played in like a cornfield. This was like this week. So it sort of was like one of those, you know, intersections of life where I'm like, if you build it, they will come, you know, (laughs) (laughs) if they build Hellner Cave, this big, huge place with all these interesting nooks and crannies, that's great. That's going to get people there. People are just going to come to to see what's there and do it. I mean, you know, there's other factors involved, but if you build it, they will come. I like that sort of takeaway from this. That was a, that was a big part of uh, what I kind of brought out of this as well, because I mean, Hellner Cave, if, if we're honest, Hellner Cave has kind of become a bit of a meme around yeah. Pantheon and they're kind of public facing uh, what they want to show off. It's like, uh, I, I mean, even two years ago, people were getting exhausted of seeing Hellner's Cave again. Hellner's yeah. Cave, Black Rose Keep, Hellner's Cave. Black. But at this point, I think they really wanted to show, hey, y'all haven't seen anything like you guys don't even know and sure they were a bit slow but i mean they went i i I mean i probably lost track of you know where they might have been you know uh, half hour in uh Mm -hmm. you know they're in that hallway for a long time but then after that it was just like i mean trying to keep track of everything it's gonna take some real like experience to navigate that place and one of my favorite things that i think they're starting to capture um in this and just real quick note is I love dungeons that start one way, like appearance wise, uh, mobs, uh, levels, etc., And then you just keep going and you keep going and you keep going. It changes and it changes and it changes until you're so deep. You're in a place that feels f- almost foreign to where you came in. And that experience to me is one of my favorite experiences in MMO gaming that only a few games have done for me. Um, so I, and I'm getting that vibe from, from Holoneers. And so I'm glad that they, you know, expanded Holoneers and, and have shown it again, because it really is showing that like, guys, we're holding back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> We're yeah. holding back. They had to teleport at one point because he was like, yeah, I, th- I don't think we're going to, you know, make it to, you know, whatever the next, potentially cool spot is and it was very you know spread out too it wasn't like linear Mm -hmm. and so he's like oh let's go check this out the place before the boss room he he looks out to the left of this like bridge that's what i was thinking of too when i was saying that absolutely i know (laughs) you believe that there's all that stuff over there yeah man oh man anyway that's my little rant but i'm loving that that was uh, you know, I'll probably say this a few times, but that was that was my favorite part of the stream. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we'll just finish on a, on a maybe the best line of the whole uh, stream <laughs> was if you know when we talk about building it, people are going to be coming. If there's a lot of people there, you know what? If you don't like them, just train them. Yep. Uh, in the words of uh, of uh, Ben Dean, uh, you know that that's that's yep. the uh, <laughs> thanks, Ben. Uh, yeah. You know. As Co said, we're going to get t- t-shirts made anytime now. So uh, you'll never live that one down, Ben. And nope. uh, <laughs> that's one of many great moments in the stream. But uh, I, yeah, I, I 
I might clip that. I might clip yeah. that audio. You know? I think we. I think as a community, we have a responsibility yep. to take we this need to, to the do next that. level. Yeah. <laughs> <Anyway>. All right. <laughs> well, that was a long segment, but that's it for VR News and Notes. When the Pantheon community speaks, we listen. So let's dig into the forums and fan projects to see what the discussion is all about. All right. So uh, for this week's community discussion, um, we've actually got another new person in the community. Uh, we've got forum user Jumpkick, uh, who posted an introductory thread on the official forums, uh, which I'll try to summarize here. Um, so they are an old EQ addict from the Valensec uh, server, where they made a dark elf cleric. So they're looking to play a dark mer cleric in Pantheon. Uh, although, like a lot of us, <laughs> they're alcoholics, <laughs> so they'll probably you know try everything, which I totally understand. Um, but yeah, Jump Kick says they are looking forward to the perception system, uh, drive-by buffing, uh, maybe even some dabbling in PvP. So nice. uh, yeah, like like a lot of us, you know, they're really just kind of looking for that community immersion that we miss from you know the quote good old days. Um, so very relatable. Um, but yeah, so make sure to uh, go to the forum, say hi to Jump Kick. Uh, the post link's going to be in the video description. Um, and if you're new to the community, feel free to post your own thread and we might feature it here on the rewind and say hi. Um, so yeah, welcome. Yeah, absolutely, Jump Kick. man. Welcome Jump Kick. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And so on to uh, a bit of discussion since uh, we did go a bit long earlier, but we've got to pick something <laughs> from the community here. So we've got um, a post on the forums uh, from user Kitik, uh, simply tiled world or character. Mm. Um, now this already sounds like a Kilson post, right? <laughs> <laughs> one or the other, pick one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but, uh, but they put this together. So they say recently we've seen a lot of effort and time being taken up by the development of characters like classes, etc. So it's, they're asking, um, what's more important? Is it the game world that's actually a world or the game characters that you'll use to roam in that world? They say, should they, the characters be so in-depth that the lack of uh, interesting points in the game world is overlooked or excused because the characters we have are so unique that it's acceptable that the world is kind of more generic? Um, or if, like, loot's mostly random or generated, uh, quests are, like, more, you know, bare bones or whatever. Um, so they pulled out a, a kind of general quote for Brad here, um, just saying, you know, he... He doesn't want to make a game. He wants to make a world. Mm -hmm. uh, and they say, you think they'd be okay with a game uh, with just four classes if there was actually a world to explore, get lost in, discover with actual loot to get excited about that not everyone else will eventually get. So, hmm. kind of a big question here. I think I already yeah. know where this is going to go. <laughs> but, <laughs> I do too. I think I have a feeling. <laughs> but yeah, world or character. Um hmm. So the first response here, I think, actually encapsulates the feelings of a lot of people. And it's just this person, uh, this is a goofy, uh, goofy warrior guy from the forums. And they say, what's more important in an FPS game? Guns or bullets? What's more important in a space game? Ships or planets and stars? What's more important in an RTS game? Buildings or units? <laughs> they say, yeah, yeah, sorry yeah. if this seems a bit condescending, <laughs> but uh, it seems to me that you're trying to quibble over the importance of things that are both vitally important. In an MMORPG, you must have a world worth adventuring in, and you must have characters worth using to adventure. Trying to decide which is more important is like trying to decide if it's more important for your heart to be beating or your brain to be functioning. If either <laughs> isn't, you're equally in trouble. I actually thought that was really well said. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, you need both. Yeah, and, and, and of course, this is a natural kind of Kilson trap of, of either or. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the point is to discuss it, right? Yeah. Like, here's my take on this. I mean, it's, it's sort of an interesting one. Um, when I hear characters or world, I mean, to me, an MMORPG, what defines it, what makes it interesting and unique is the characters are the people, right? I mean, if you're talking classes, like, that's a different thing. But I, I think that even classes... I mean, when I think about the people I remember from EverQuest, the people that stood out and I got to know and I still remember to this day, I, I do remember their class, but I remember who they were more more clearly. Uh, like, I remember their personality more. I remember 
what I liked about them more. Um, I remember like how we would relate to each other more. And it was only, we could only do that because we had a world to do it in, you know, like mm. we it just, we could do that. Like we could have a phone call or we could have a conversation, some other capacity, but we chose to do it in this world that was interesting and gave us a way to, to you know, connect that no other, uh, no other way offered. I just, to me, if you're, if you're asking the world versus the characters, I'm going to, I'm leaning towards world. I mean, obviously you need, you need interesting classes, but again, characters leans to my mind says more like a single player game. And you're talking about like, mm. uh, NPC, cla- NPC characters. Now, ironically (laughs) pantheon has introduced these signature characters that have been written into the lore that i think are super interesting and i really like yeah so i feel like you know we we get the we get a bit of the best of both worlds here with with pantheon yep i i I think that's i mean i i think uh goofy here you put it great and i think you described it even further is that like the world is the the platform but the the things in it i mean I was thinking we're we're kind of the characters in it, r- regardless of the mechanics of those characters, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, exactly. And, and so, but I I think that's kind of you know our kind of obvious thing. But uh, we do have um, a few posts that I think actually line up with that, um, but might also you know add a little bit to the discussion here. So uh, naturally, we've got Vandred here um, replying to the thread, uh, and he says it's the world that provides us with all the possible options of gameplay. The items to earn and or craft, the places to explore, the monsters to fight. They say, <laughs> so Vandred says, but a boring class, even in an exciting world or an exciting class in a boring world, will always mean you're going to be unfulfilled in some or many ways. And <laughs> he kind of puts a, a nice split here, says, uh, there's a percentage here, it would be a, a 55-45 split in the world's favor. So Interesting pretty much even but leaning towards world which i i think is kind of where both of us are at as well like the world is the petri dish right (laughs) and we're like the cultures and we 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 start out (laughs) as these you know uh you know i'm no scientist here but and i'm gonna say the wrong thing for sure because people are smarter than me about this stuff but like you know the, the what we grow in the petri dish we become something interesting in the petri dish we don't start out interesting that's just you know i think that the i think the world facilitates that interest um, to some extent yeah yeah you you could almost say that like the the mechanics are are quite secondary in that sense as long as the players are incentivized to to interact yeah yeah, exactly you you know playing beside each other is different from playing with each other and i've said this before like so many mmos these days are like i i play my game but i'm just see people running around beside me doing their thing we don't actually interact and that's that's a problem yeah, yeah, and I, I there was one like kind of slightly other uh, take here, um, just to kind of close this out. Uh, I, again, guys, check the link in the description. Uh, contribute to the thread. I think there could be a really great discussion that could have a lot of ideas pop up here, which is why I brought it in here. But uh, Doroit, uh, Dorotea says uh, the world is far more important, so they're leaning very far on the world side. Uh, they say. They have no interest in the best and most interactive character models ever made if they do not have a well-created world to do anything in. So on the other hand, uh, they say they can live with a pathetically unattractive, non-interactive model <laughs> if it has a lot of in- interesting things to do. So I, I think it kind of is saying the same thing is there needs to be a platform for yeah. us to do stuff. And the what we do is almost unimportant, maybe. Uh, I might be blowing this a little bit up, but... I, yeah. I kind of think that's the gist is we just need a platform. We need something to be in and a reason to interact with each other. And the little things probably don't matter as much as we probably make a big deal yeah. out of, right? Yeah, the little things don't matter. I, I think I think we do have to be careful not to just reduce it down to like, you know, just a, we just need a an online space to interact because we definitely need more than just that. We want uh, interesting, you know, we want high fantasy. We want, you know... Um, you know, swords, shields, and spells, and <laughs> yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff. You know, like we we want that theme to it. So there is more to it than just a, a social platform. But um, you know, characters are good, and we are the characters. 
But if the, if the, if the world has interesting, well-written characters from an NPC standpoint, I, I, I agree. I like that too. But again, mm-hmm. they if they exist in a world that is, you know, uninteresting, bland, gray, who cares then, right? It's just not... It's not uh, it's not attractive. It doesn't incentivize any kind of interesting play. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think that that kind of condenses it down. Is that there needs to be hooks kind of all over. So yeah. it, it really just means both are intrinsically important to MMORPGs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't really have one or the other because MMORPGs are both. Like that's that's just what they are. Yeah, I agree. Before we move on to the next segment, because I know we're about to, I want to give a quick shout out, um, some fan fiction and stuff that we didn't mention last week Ooh. that I forgot about. Um, our friend Crowsinger is busy, busy, busy um, writing her story in the Sway of Storms. She released chapters seven and chapter eight um, this week and last week. Chapter seven is on Panthe- is at Pantheon.plus. And chapter eight, I think, is on the forums, soon to be on Pantheon Not Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, so shout out to her. And again, she's contributed a lot of fan art to the show. So you see the video reel playing in the background. A lot of that is her artwork. And uh, I want to encourage anybody else out there who does fan artwork or any kind of artwork, really, if they'd like to showcase it on the show, you can just contact us either through Discord or email or however, Twitter, whatever you want to do. Um, let me know. I'd be happy to show it off and uh, add it to the video, uh, the video reel that you're watching, because I think it's a great forum for that. And, you know, just something to even bolster the community involvement a little more. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to that and mention the fan art. Yeah, great shout out. Good, good stuff, man. Uh, well, let's uh, yeah. let's move on to the mailbox. Yeah. Yeah. Mail on a Sunday. That's right. Let's check the mailbox. Okay, mailbox. So three questions this week. And the first one is from our very own Elf Ranger, also the uh, creator of the uh, Adventuring Party graphic, which you saw at the very beginning. I forgot to mention that, but she continues to do a great job. And that's Sparrow. And her question was a very uh, uh, clear one. It said, will Pantheon have lower level raid content or will it be end game only? Oh, I know that they've answered this. <laughs> Desrin helped me because I looked for it. I couldn't find the information. Do you know? Do you know where they set where they talked about this? Well, it, dep- it depends on what she means by low level. But I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm I know they've talked about this, and I, I know the answer was yes. There's not just going to be end game. Yeah, I can't find I it. It. it yeah. I'm sure if we really sought it out, um, we would be able to. But the gist is, yes, there will be lower level. Um, I personally want lower level raid content. I have very yeah. fond memories of lower level uh, raid content in my in my time, um, and I was comforted in in knowing that they have said yes in the past. So yeah, maybe something so to bring up again. I agree. Yeah. What was the place in Vanguard? You're a Vanguard expert. Um, what was the first raid zone in, in Vanguard? There was like a fire mist gully or something like that. Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, fire mist gully. Uh, that that might be it. That that might be from a different game though, because that sounds really familiar. Um, uh, shoot. My, my raiding uh, didn't happen until Theradon, uh, the boss in uh, I think he was in. Three Rivers or Theradon's Quarry, um, whatever the chunk oh, name that's was. that's what it was. I think maybe yeah, that's Yeah, big giant guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because that was low yeah. level, right? Like it was, oh, Fire Miss Gully was uh, EQ2. So, uh, or maybe EQ as well. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Fire Miss Gully was also a low level raid in EQ2, though. Okay. So, so I wasn't completely Not wrong. too far off. <laughs> not too far. I'm, <laughs> Thank I'm you saving, for saving me. me. <laughs> nice, nice. Appreciate but yeah, uh, Theradon, who uh, was my literally the, the first thing that I came across in Vanguard that was a raid uh, and the first uh, face to be smashed by that giant club of his um, <laughs> because I had to mess with him. But but yeah, like those things are memorable. I think of uh, Cauldron Hollow from EQ2, uh, which is a two group raid um, that was just a big deal for my very small guild. We just, we wanted to do something that was more than one group um and having a nice little short raid zone was actually really wholesome (laughs) good memories so i hope i hope they do that yeah me too me too why don't you why don't you do the next one yeah so we've got uh essen here um with uh we've got 
Uh, sorry, we've all seen the evaluation build um, that VR created to show off the uh, potential investors or buyers. Um, so if one major studio was to pick up Pantheon, which would be the best? Uh, considering Brad's experience with Vanguard, he had to throw that on there uh, just for <laughs> the dagger in the heart. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just for you. Oh, man. I, I was actually talking, uh, I, I posted it in our uh, Discord chat about this, and um, I I wanted to give like a list of of great publishers uh, because they do exist. <laughs> right, um, yeah, they do. But I I think all of the the best publishers that I know of um, don't do MMOs, and uh, that that's kind of the the whole point I would bring up here is that it's extremely risky uh, mm-hmm. to do MMOs. Uh, for a publisher. Um, so while I think there are great publishers out there and publishers that I would love to see um, pick up, uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember the name uh, that was on top of my head here. The folks <laughs> that picked up Valheim that also did, uh, uh, how was it? Uh, Factorio oh. and um, Shoot, Coffee Stain. Yeah. Coffee Stain, Coffee yeah. Stain, right? So um, like as a great example of a studio that just continuously picks up really diamond not diamond in the rough but they pick up these projects pretty early on knowing that they're going to be huge they just got an eye for it mm-hmm. i just don't know of someone like that for the mmo genre i realize so i had to kind of take take back my my discord comment there because <laughs> well you know i could speak to single player multiplayer but if you yeah. get to see it in mmo space yeah, so the answer I have for this is it might make me a little unpopular with people, and Ooh. but I, it's only if you take back if we go back a year from now. Don't don't go from now. Go from what, from what it was a year ago, and I'm going to say <laughs> CD Projekt Red. Um, and the reason I say Ooh. that so work back to before Cyberpunk was released <laughs> and take Cyberpunk <laughs> out of the equation, which even I think is a little overblown. That's another discussion though. Here's here's why I think CD Projekt Red is a good fit. Um, they they're very true to their vision you look at the witcher series it's a game that they've made their name on that's the only game they've ever done before cyberpunk and it's gotten better with each iteration i mean and it's remained the same from a creative uh, aspect from its very beginnings to where it is now their their focus is pc gaming i know they've done console for cyberpunk and witcher 3 is actually getting a console port this year i think but everything for them is pc centric I feel like they would treat Pantheon with the respect for the creative vision that VR has and that we desperately need that we mentioned earlier in the show. Um, you know, I, they also are, um, they also own good old games, which is close to my heart because I love uh. old games, you know, and I have a, I think they have a distribution platform for, through that, that they could leverage yeah. with Pantheon. Um, yeah, I know they don't do MMOs. I know this would be totally new for them but i I don't i think that they're like visionary enough that they could do something like that so you know people don't like them now because of cyberpunk and the issues there but um i I, they're one of my companies that i i have a soft spot for for sure so that's actually a great a great great one to bring up i think you got you have good good reasons there they if a company did pick up pantheon it would have to be a company that just sticks to its guns right like they know Mm -hmm. who they are they're not gonna waver you know, when they pick up a project that might not be the number one AAA blockbuster within the right. first like month of release, like that would be the ideal situation uh, for for Pantheon. So, who knows? Yeah. Maybe they'll find something like that. I'd love that. All right, last question. This is a fun one from Random Rob. If you could invent any one suffix title for you and only you, you would have in game. What would it be? So, for example, for Rob, he would choose Measure of Dragons or Slayer <laughs> of Kumquats. <laughs> oh, man. This one, like, this one is easy because we just played um, the Warhammer Return to Reckoning uh, emulated mm-hmm. server not too long ago. And I, and as much as I didn't like my Squig Herder, um, he had a very cool uh, title, and that was uh, Not Dead Yet, which for a ranger... <laughs> I think is the perfect suffix. So if I had to choose one for my character in game, it'd be Theric, not dead yet. What about oh, you? Oh man, that that's entertaining. Well, the first <laughs> one that popped into my head was more like historical uh, for me in my like gaming career. 
and that would okay. be the Oakheart. Um, because like there's, a, there's a story there. Yeah, I mean, not to get super into it, but uh, when I first started playing EQ2, which was my kind of my first PC MMO, um, I named my my character after a group of a family in Kinos uh, with the surname Oakheart. And uh, the, that was uh, level 20. You couldn't have a last name until level 20 at that time. And uh, level 20 is also when you did your armor quest. And I was a druid. Druids went through, I think it was Selwyn Oakheart and some other people. And the name just stuck. Uh, and come to find out, apparently a lot of people <laughs> hate them. <laughs> oh, really? Is that yeah. right? <laughs> a lot of people have like bad memories. I don't know if they have bad memories of the armor quest or, or that particular NPC. <laughs> but uh, I didn't know that for years. I, th- I thought it was great. Um, and so when I kind of reinvented my internet persona uh, a long time ago... Uh, from my old characters, which would be like Tyru or Teriel, uh, not the not Diablo character, but yeah, anyway, <laughs> not um, Teriel, no. <laughs> and I would name them Oakheart, uh, but uh, I changed everything to Desrin, as you see now, um, and tried to cleverly mess with my last name being Driscardia, which actually is uh, loosely Oakheart in Greek. Wow, and, um, cool to kind of keep it around uh <laughs> but but i would actually like to have the oak heart as uh, a title if possible just to be a bit of a throwback and see if anyone still has those strong feelings for those characters that's a fantastic story that is there's so many i have so many questions i, I <laughs> will have to dig into this a little further at some point in a future surprise Derek. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty awesome. But hey, Oakheart this is a is... great segue into our next segment, though. So there yes, we go. it is. Let's move on. <laughs> Sit back and relax. It's time for the lore you know. Okay, the tell the tale of Bell Iris continues, and we are we are almost finished. We are not quite there yet, and we will finish probably next week. But last week we saw the transformation of Bell Iris, and we saw her rebirth, so to speak. And this week, we witness her rise anew. Nothing more was said. The hooded figure's garment dragged slowly across the floor, disappearing behind the soft flicker of the fire crystals. Hearing for the first time what must be her name, Bellarius cried out, gasping and lurching over on her side, cradling her body like a newborn. Archi produced no tears, yet the sound of their weeping is unmistakable, a cadence that is said to split the hearer in two. Twin echoes filled the healing room, one of joy and one of grief. From then on, Belliris took the mantle of a wizard, as if it were a family name. She grew the nursery of Archai wizards into a garden of generational strength, even more than her predecessors. Her ability to remain rock of mind and yet warm of heart made her a model to her people and an ambassador to the world. Yet always her strength relied upon the quiet mystery of her meditations, a solitude that none but the gods could enter, were they ever to be found. Today, if she were to remain in Suroa for any length of time, Belarus would no doubt attract the attention of arcane masters from across the face of Terminus. Yet her life is one of constant sojourning, returning to, Sorua, returning to Suroa only once a year to deposit her knowledge and meet with the acolytes and instructors of the Yadahain. During that yearly pilgrimage, she carries with her the sum of knowledge acquired, spells and wisdoms from across the planet, held in her mind and deposited into the spell prisms. She appears like a ghost without warning, as if made from the gray mists that surround Suroa, edges of her gown cut from the thick vapor. She walks down the streets of the city with no desire for recognition, yet it attends her nonetheless. First, in the silence of those who catch the sight of her, unwary they were waiting to see her until she appeared. Then, in the hum of the young Atahane students, they start toward her in a disciplined column, only to finally reach her side in a mass of joy-fed shrieks. These she has mothered, not mainly by her presence, which is brief, but yet by her deposits of wisdom and mirth that dwell far longer in their lessons than she does. Moving through their swarm, she never stops, but sings a few songs with the children at her side, the laughter and noise rising and falling in waves. And that's the lore you know. And that brings us to the end of episode 67. I want to thank you, as always, Desrin, for another great show, because, hey, we are now one show closer to launch. Am I right? That's right. Yes. <laughs> Just think, how many episodes do you think we'll do before launch? Let us th- throw a number out there. 
Oh no. Uh, uh, <clears throat> uh, 187. All right. I, I literally just threw that up. Uh, in there. <laughs> I'm, I'll stay close. I'll say 260. So a yeah, little close, not close. <laughs> anyway, as always, thank you to everyone for hanging out with us today. If you'd be so kind as to leave a like on the YouTube video or a rating on your podcast platform of choice, it helps the show grow, helps us get discovered by new potential Pantheon community members. And uh, as always, Thank you to everyone. Cheers, and we'll see you next week. See you next week, everyone. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Pantheon Plus Rewind. Pantheon Plus is not affiliated with Visionary Realms. Be sure to check out our Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube channels under the name Pantheon Plus. You can follow Theric at Pantheon Theric on Twitter, and Desrin at Desrin Does also on Twitter. And you can stay up to date with all things Pantheon at www.pantheon.plus. Until next time, cheers and thanks for listening.